Well, good evening. Good evening. What, what a great occasion to be part of. You meant to say yes to that. <laughs> what a great occasion to be part of. And uh, what we've done over the course of the last uh, hour and a quarter is we have paid tribute and said some wonderful things for Andrew and Lois. But if our boss was here right now, that's uh, John Partington, our national leader, he, he, would, he would do this. He would say, let's stand to our feet, and after the count of three, let's give the biggest applause to Jesus we can possibly do. Because this evening, we've come to acknowledge what these guys have done, but also what we've come to do is to acknowledge what Jesus has done in our lives. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I'm going to count to three, because I can't count to four, because I'm Cornish. So I'm going to count to three, and at the time we say three, I want you to stand to your feet, and I want you to applaud heaven like you've never applauded heaven before. One, two, two and a half. (laughs) Start again. Okay. Can you sit down again? You can't sit down again. Don't worry, you stay there. You stay there. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. One, two, three. Come on, church. Yeah. Okay, I have witnessed one louder cheer than that. It was when the second goal for Aberdeen went in this afternoon. But you can take your seats. You can take your seats. Somebody said to me um, during the course of last week, why are you going to Scotland? Why are you going to be part of the celebration of this great ministry here in in Whitburn. Why are you going, Ian? And I said, well, firstly, I've been invited to to go. My colleague then turned to me and he says, why have you been invited to go and nobody else has been invited to go? And and I said, simply this, Andrew wanted to guarantee there'd be somebody who'd cry more than him in the service. (laughs) So that's why I'm here. But really, if you really want to know why I'm here, I've heard there's a buffet afterwards. Or as Andy would say, a buffet. But it's a, a great opportunity and privilege to, to be here tonight and, and also with the local church tomorrow, it really is. I'd like you to open your Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, we're going to, to look at one verse and then we're going to kind of turn the pages of our Bible and turn to John chapter 12 because the, the story I want to just reflect upon over the next uh, 45 minutes is uh, 15 minutes is um, is the story of when Jesus is in the house and he is anointed by a woman and his feet are washed and the house is filled with this wonderful aroma and this wonderful fragrance. But if you are to to look at Mark chapter 14, I'd like you just to to look at the to one verse because of my my time this evening, it's verse 8, and it simply says this, and she did what she could. Wonderful words. And she did what she she could. I I think that's a, a wonderful summary of the ministry of Andrew and Lois in this wonderful house of God here in 
were burned. They did, they've done, they continue to do what they could. I, I would like to paint a picture this, this evening, in a sense, in, in honor of this, this couple, but also not just reflecting what they've done, but in a sense, projecting what they're going to do. Not, not just speaking to this couple, but I'd like to speak to those ministers in this venue this evening. And when I talk about ministers, in a sense, we're all ministers because we've all been called to be the salt, the light within our setting and our community. But there's a wonderful picture here which we can just focus on for the, the next 12, 13, 14, 14 minutes to, to help us with the Smith family, but also the Whitburn Church and also other ministers and other congregational members here. There's some wonderful settings here. Firstly, we need to understand this, that ministry is all about bringing honor to Jesus. When we begin to look at this story described in John chapter 12 now, it says that there was a meal set in the honor or for the honor of, of Jesus. When we talk about honor, it's about bringing credit to an individual. It's about bringing distinction to an individual. It's about making that person famous when we bring honor to them. And we can categorically say in this place this evening, over the last 25 years of Andrew's ministry here, and 29 years of Lois's involvement in life of this local church here, they have not made a name for themselves, but they've made Jesus famous. Everything they've said and everything they've done has brought honor to him. In a sense, what they've done is they've taken the, the words of John the Baptist and not just read the words of John the Baptist, but they've actually lived out those words of John the Baptist where the cousin of Jesus said this when it was referring to his ministry. It says, I must decrease and he must increase. Wonderful words from John the Baptist. I must decrease and he must increase. If we were to look other, at other translations uh, are involving this, this verse, there's some wonderful descriptions there, which I want to ask you to read over the course of the, the period of time. Honor is an interesting word because the, the word honor is a, a tri-word. It's a trifold word. It has a number of definitions and meanings you can honor somebody with your thoughts, you can honor somebody with your words, and you can honor somebody with your actions. So, so when we talk about honor, it, it has this broader understanding and description of maybe we have the concepts of. But I want to encourage this man and this woman on the front that everything you've done over the course of the last 25 years has brought honor to the one we serve and the one we call, we've been called by. Stevie and Mary, as you endeavor to pick up the, the mantle in the, the future, can I challenge you also to bring honor to one who's called you and the one who has equipped you. I, I then begin to, to look down through this wonderful story that the, the meal was not just in the honor of Jesus, but during the course of that meal, we see that Martha is serving and Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and Lazarus is reclining at the table. And Mary, she takes this very expensive perfume and she begins to anoint the feet of Jesus in the context of this, this story. It was pure nard. 
Ministry is not just about bringing honour to the one who's called us, but ministry has to be authentic. Ministry has to be real. And in the context of this story, we see that the, 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 the perfume was the best perfume. It was the pure perfume. Authentic perfume isn't the cheap stuff. Authentic perfume is not the cheap plonk you and I may buy off the market stall, the imitation, but it's the real thing. Jackie and I have just uh, returned from, from a holiday. We were on holiday in, in Tenerife. We understood that Andrew and Lois were going two weeks before, so we booked ours two weeks later. <laughs> and um, we, we were walking through the, the marketplaces, and there's lots of stalls, and there's lots of imitation things. The box looks the same as the real thing. The bottle looks the same. And actually the fragrance for a split second smells the same, but the difference between the real thing and the fake thing is the longevity of the fragrance. You can put the perfume on in the morning when it's the fake, and by, by breakfast time or 9.30 or by 10 o'clock, actually the fragrance is no longer there. But when it's the real thing, there's longevity connected to the fragrance of the perfume. Longevity is the key. And when we look at this ministry, we see that she brought the perfume, she brought the real thing. Dare I say this in this place this evening, that this evening we've come to celebrate the real thing. A man and a woman who have served with longevity of 25 years and 29 years in the context of local church, the fragrance of their ministry didn't evaporate by breakfast time, but is still as strong and as relevant and as real today as the day it was planted into this house. The real thing. I want to throw a challenge out to us this evening that we are not fake or imitation, but we maintain to be the real thing. Our community is looking for the real thing. Not the imitation X factor, but looking for the the real thing. Can I, can I say this? That uh, There's a wonderful description in John chapter 10 of the real thing when we have the differences of the shepherd and the hireling. The shepherd sticks there through thick and thin, through seasons of difficulty, through seasons of extreme pain and discomfort. When he's confronted with the invasion of wild animals to devour the sheep, he stays there because the shepherd is the real thing. Yet the hireling chooses to run as fast as he can out of the scene. We see in this place this evening, and we're here to honour the real thing. The real thing. Authentic, wonderful fragrance of ministry. A real pastor or pastors, the real thing. I, I love it when we open the, the Bible and it begins to unfold this wonderful story even more. And it says this, that the fragrance filled the house. It filled the house, not, not just a little section of the house, not, not just a little cupboard in the house or the bedroom in the house, but actually filled the, the whole of the, the house. I'd like to make a declaration in this house this evening that the fragrance of this ministry has not just filled this house, but has filled the community houses. 
has filled the streets, has filled the avenues, has filled the main roads, has filled the high schools, the low schools, has filled the, the hospitals, has filled all of these other places. Why? Because they have been an exemplary couple of being the real thing. Lives are impacted because they have brought honour to Jesus and shown and exhibited authenticity in the things they've said and they've done. I'm talking about you, my friend. And you, my friend. As I begin to, to look even deeper into this wonderful story, I see that ministry is spelt S-E-R-V-I-C-E. Service. We see that the, the ministry revolved there was the an ex- exemplary habits or, or attitudes of, of great demeanor and great conduct. We, we see how Mary and Martha, in their own way, they served. And we see that Lazarus reclined at the table. Once again, you cannot underestimate the service and the way that these guys have conducted themselves in public and in private and helped build great local church. It comes through service. As a, as a pastor myself, been pastoring our local church now for 20 years and prior to that, was part of a pastoral team in a neighbouring town for 10 years. So we've been on this pastoral journey for ourselves for 30 years nearly, 30 years. I've come to know this, that there are those that you can find easy to serve and those that you find a little bit more difficult to serve. <laughs> Excluding everybody in this room, obviously. Of course. South of the border, it's very different. But you see that there are times when it's very difficult to serve individuals because sometimes they, they rub you up the wrong way. Maybe they have been nasty towards you. Maybe they've shown no respect towards you. Maybe they've denied you. Maybe they've betrayed you as a leader, as a pastor. But there's a wonderful ex- example in the New Testament of, of Jesus who, who washed the feet of his disciples. He came to be king, but he also came to be servant king. And what we see in this wonderful story of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, he gets down, he takes the towel, he takes the bowl and fills the bowl with water and begins to wash the feet of those that were his followers, his disciples, and washes their feet. And when he comes to the first one, it was so easy to wash this one because he was a good disciple. But as he was going down the line, he came to Peter And he knew that Peter was the one who was going to deny him. Yet he still washed the feet of his disciple. He showed a great example. And then two people down the road again, he comes to a disciple called Judas. And Judas wasn't just going to betray him, but Judas was going to, sorry, wasn't just going to deny him, but was going to betray him was going to sell him to the authorities and hand him over to those that were going to punish him and those who were going to crucify him. Yet Jesus still washed the feet of the one who was even going to betray him. And once again, as I am a local pastor, I know what it is to serve those who are about to betray you, those who are going to deny you, and those who are going to make your life difficult. Can I say that this couple have been exemplary in the good seasons and also the difficult seasons? Ministry. I began to to look into the story even more 
and started to, to look down, down here and that those wonderful words that we spoke from Mark chapter 14 verse 8 that she did what she could she simply did what she could can I encourage us this evening that actually God's not looking for anything more than that all he wants us to do is to do the things that we can it may be bringing the small pack lunch and allowing him to feed the 5,000 through that. It might be bringing the boat, an empty boat that's toiled all night and caught nothing. And it may be handing over that boat into the hands of Jesus and then Jesus fills the boat with a multitude of fish. It may be the song. It may be the testimony. It may be the moment of of preaching from the pulpit. It may be sharing your testimony over the counter in the post office. It may be sharing your testimony in the workplace. All we have to do, church, is do what we can and allow him to do the rest. When we do our bit, God then does his bit. He takes our inability and outweighs it with his God ability. He takes our insignificance and multiplies it with his God significance. He takes our natural and connects it with his super, and our natural then becomes the supernatural. Guys, if, if we're going to see longevity in ministry for the next 25 years, or the next 15 years, or the next five years, whatever it may be, there needs to be a willingness of heart that says, here I am. Take who I am. Take what I am. Take my lack. Take my nothingness. Do something with it. And finally, that means go and put the kettle on. And finally, as we begin to cross-reference from John chapter 12 and Mark chapter 14, in Mark chapter 14, after those wonderful words of that she did what she could, Jesus echoes these words for all to hear and says this. Listen to this, guys. This is me slightly paraphrasing it. But, but listen to, to this, guys. When, whenever the gospel is spoken and preached throughout the world, what she has done, what she has done will be spoken about. It will be testified concerning her her actions, her ways, her means, her, her contribution to this moment is not just for a now moment, but is actually going to be spoken about through the eons of time. And 2,000 years later, 2,000 years later, in rainy, wet Whitburn, a five foot seven hunk of a man who needs his eyes tested, he's using her as an example and an illustration. You see, it left an echo through time, through space and time, an echo which is still being heard today, on this day, because of her action and her deeds on that day. I say this to the local church. And I say this to my dear friends on the front row, and I count it a privilege to be their friends. Haven't got many, so I count it a privilege. <laughs> that what you have done for 25 years, 
and what you have done for 29 years is not something that will be forgotten about, but will be spoken about throughout the eons and the traveling of time. Why? Because you've done what you could. You've done what you could. Jesus, a few days later, he, he went to the cross, went through the trial and the accusation and the moment where he was nailed to the cross. When he hung upon the cross, nailed to that cross, as he was taking his last breath, filling the lungs with the last breath on planet Earth. Guess what he smelled? He smelled the perfume that he was anointed with. It was the perfume of worship. It was the perfume of ministry. It was authentic. It was real. It was service. It was exemplary. And he went to the cross smelling of that perfume. What you guys have done. The fragrance has filled the house. When, when you spent time with somebody who has strong aftershave on, or a lovely perfume, or a fragrance which is just so breathtaking, when you've spent time with them, Something of that fragrance rubs off on you. If your attitude stinks, guess what? You stink. But when you spend time with somebody who has served the one who called them for such a long time and will continue to service for such a long time when you've spent time with him and her the fragrance of their lives rubs off on you and I count it a privilege to be your mate to be your mate and have the fragrance of this ministry rubbing off onto my life so tonight, if I've been a blessing, it's his fault. <laughs> tonight, if you can't stand anything I've said, it's his fault. Thanks again. Thanks again. And I'm on a win-win situation. <laughs> Do what you can, and allow the fragrance yes. to fill this house. Bless you guys. Amen.